now prepare your hearts for today's message. God bless you. series, Real Christmas, we're taking some of our favorite Christmas movies in the hope of as we look at them to discover the true, real meaning of Christmas. Now, I trust all of us have had great Christmases before, but have you ever had a very merry Grinchmas? Today, we're going to look at the story of how the Grinch stole Christmas, but then we're also going to look at how he rediscovered the true meaning of Christmas But before we get into that, I wanna share with you a story of a couple people who had a very merry Grinchmas and the gifts that they got for that Christmas time. There's a man by the name of Paul. On Christmas Day, he came with great expectation because Christmas Day was his birthday. And as he opened up the presents, his brother went first and he thought Christmas was gonna be awesome because his brother received a car from his grandma But when he opened up his presents, all he got was a mug full of peppermint candies. Talk about a Christmas fail. Tony, on his first semester back from college, he goes home and he's looking for Christmas presents under the tree, and all he finds is a card from his mom. He opens it up, she says, Merry Christmas. I've deducted $500 from the money that you owe me. He said, Mom, what's this all about? She says, well, I've been keeping track of all the money that you've owed me. Apparently, she's been keeping track of the money since he was 10 years old. (laughs) No, thank you. Amanda, when she was eight years old, she received a gift 20 years too soon. She received a green dish towel from her mom. The problem is, is that her mom had forgotten that she had gone with her mom to go pick out that dish towel for the house. Talk about picking the wrong gift at the wrong time. But the worst of all was Tim. Tim got an unforgettable gift for Christmas. It's something that was useful, something that was practical, but definitely not a Christmas gift. He got 50 pounds of russet potatoes. Talk about a gift that doesn't make an impact except for your stomach. Today we're looking at the story of the Grinch and how the Grinch stole Christmas, but also how he rediscovered what Christmas was all about. And so today I wanna talk on the subject of go Grinchless for Christmas. Go Grinchless for Christmas. Now I'm not talking about the person that's sitting right next to you that's a Grinch. Now if they're there and they're the Grinch in your life, this is not the moment to look at them because you may not get Christmas this year. I'm actually talking about us. Sometimes in life, we can be the Grinch. And I think God's inviting us to live differently. He's inviting us to live better. He's inviting us to make sure that we do our best to show Christ's love in this season. People need the hope of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I need the hope of Jesus, and so do the people around you. Can we just agree to go Grinchless for Christmas? I hope that the best of times doesn't bring out the worst in us and other people. I think that that's what Christmas is all about. 
And so today I wanna invite you to join me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 through 18. And this is a first century believer of Jesus. The Apostle Paul is the one who wrote this. And he was talking to the church in Thessalonica about how they needed to do life together. For you see, in that time, in the Roman Empire time, the solution to problems in relationships was violence. But Paul is telling them, I want you to live differently. And so he tells this church, here's how I want you to live. Here's some recommendations. And I believe that what Paul wrote to them then is also applicable to us today. So I want you to lean into this text. Open up your Bible. Open up your Bible app. Open your, your Westover app. Let's look at the word of God together. Verse 12 and following. He says this. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, live in peace with each other. Say peace. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Do you know you can't encourage someone by discouraging them? Be willing to give an encouraging word this season. It'll make a difference in your life and in the life of the person you share it with. Help the weak, help those who have been weakened in this season. Be encouraging, strengthen, help out in some way, and be patient with everyone. Verse 15, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I wanna challenge you to decide today to go Grinchless for Christmas. We need to decide ahead of time. For you see, in just a couple days when you step into the holidays, life's gonna bump up against you and the decisions you make today are gonna spill over. And so today is the day to prepare. Today is the moment to prepare for that moment that's gonna come. Don't let the best of times bring out the worst in you and in your family. But to help us understand this, we're gonna look at the story of the Grinch. We're gonna see the story of Christmas through his eyes. And to help us understand, I want you to take a look. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. When you see the Grinch, what you notice is that he lives by the motto, if I'm not having fun, you definitely can't have fun. He wanted to make sure that everyone was miserable just like him. Well, today I wanna share with you three ways to, to go Grinchless for Christmas. Number one, live unoffendable. Live unoffendable. We live in a time and in a culture where everybody's offended about everything. You see it on social media, somebody's complaining about something. In fact, bad news is the norm, good news is pushed aside, people want to hear bad news, but bad news is bad for the soul. It's bad for the heart, it's bad for your life. It's like eating cotton candy, it tastes good for a little bit, but then it makes you sick to your stomach. We need to live unoffendable. But many of us, we fail to realize is that offense is an event, but offended is a choice. Offense is an event that happens to us, but offended is a decision, a choice that we make. We, we get the, the power to choose whether we're gonna be offended or to live unoffendable. 
And I promise you, when you do life with people, you're gonna get, you're gonna have offenses committed against you. It's gonna happen. In fact, over Christmas, there's probably gonna be somebody who's running late to something, whether it's to the Christmas dinner or to the unwrapping of gifts. Somebody's gonna be on Latino time, I know. Our people, come on. (laughs) This is a moment to show up, all right? Somebody in the family, some kid, maybe all of the kids are gonna have a meltdown during the family photo time where mom's saying, I need you to smile. Somebody's not gonna like their gift. Offenses are what happened to us, but offended is what happens within us. We've gotta decide to live different. We've gotta decide to live better. This is what Paul is telling the people in Thessalonica. He's saying, live unoffendable. Verse 12 and following, he says this. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, he says, don't fight like cats and dogs. Fight like brothers and sisters. Love like brothers and sisters who actually love one another. He goes on to say, live at peace with each other and be patient with everyone. Say everyone. It's easy to be patient with the people you like. It's real hard to to be patient with the people who grind your gears. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Paul's making this appeal. He's pulling on them as brothers and sisters in Christ. He's saying, we need to live different. We need to do different. We need to live in peace and live with patience with everyone. I found that it's really easy to be at peace and to be patient when you're doing life by yourself. When you're at home, mom, and the kids are at school and your husband's at work, isn't it nice and peaceful? Yes. Pray for her. Pray for all of us. Sometimes in life, we have to live in peace and patience with one another, and that's hard. For you see, in life, we're told to keep the peace, and keeping the peace is really about making it appear that everything's going well. It's when someone asks you, how are things going, you say, fine, and it really isn't fine. When the door closes or you're in that private moment and you're grumbling with your spouse or your kids about what happened at the family event, or you're in the corner texting your your spouse, telling them how terrible the event is, that's keeping the peace. Making peace takes effort, it takes work, it makes, it takes us making a decision that we're gonna do life differently, that we're actually gonna seek harmony. But sometimes we struggle. We want to keep the peace but not really make peace. I wanna invite you to think about this. What are you gonna do in whether in the next couple of weeks or maybe in the next couple of months when someone bumps up against you and they cause an offense against you, how are you gonna respond? Are you gonna get frustrated? Are you gonna get irritated? Or are you gonna respond with patience and peace? I hope you do. I hope you respond with peace and patience. I've discovered that patience and peace solve many people problems. Patience and peace solve many people problems, why? Because we decide on the inside how we're gonna respond on the outside. Patience and peace is what happens within us and it determines how we interact with one another. Paul says, make sure that no one pays back wrong for wrong but always do what is good for each other and everyone else. I'm gonna encourage you, don't lose your salvation this Christmas. Jesus came to earth to save you. Now many of you, you live by the motto, you won't say it here, but maybe in the parking lot. You say, try Jesus, but not me. You're ready to go hood in a heartbeat. You're ready to tell people how it is. You're 
I'm ready to tell them. I just wish they would. I wish they would. You know, I've discovered that you can't be righteous and ratchet. Can't be both. Can't be both. The Bible says that out of the mouth, the heart speaks, and he says we can't allow good water to flow from a fountain and bad water to flow at the same time. Jesus didn't come to earth and die on the cross for you to stay ratchet. He came so that you could be righteous. He came to redeem you. He came to give you hope. He came to change you from your old ways. Do you know that there are people in your life who are wanting to see if there's something different about you than the rest of the world? And if we act just like the rest of the world, then what hope do they have in our faith and in our Jesus? There's gonna be some people that you interact with in the next couple weeks, and you may be the only Jesus that they see. And I wanna put this in your heart. I wonder if this hard season is one of those things where God is tilling the hard ground in their heart. And when you step into a family moment, that they're gonna be unusually receptive to the message of Jesus because they don't have hope, they don't have future, they're frustrated. And you may be the hope that they need to see. They need to see Jesus through you. Don't give back wrong for wrong. Do what's right for each other and for everyone else. Don't just look out for number one, look out for everyone. Now, if you really wanna make peace, I wanna give you some quick tips about how to make peace in any circumstance, whether it's a family gathering or at work or with a friend. Here are four quick steps. Number one, check your heart. If the conversation starts wrong in our heart, it'll end poorly between us and the other person. We need to have our heart right before we have a conversation. Number two, choose your words. Don't let poorly chosen words detract from good intentions. Sometimes we can say things that we really don't mean, but the thing about words is once they're out, you can't take them back. So choose your words carefully. If you need to script it out, if you need to role play it with someone, then go ahead and do that. Practice the conversation, the tough, crucial conversation ahead of time with someone you know and trust. Number three, talk in private. Pull that person aside. Now don't actually pull them because you might be sharing fists instead of words. So ask them to come to you and talk in a private moment, have a conversation, share your heart. Don't give them a piece of your mind, share your heart. In fact, this holiday season, share a piece of pie or just peace but not a piece of your mind. I tell you, people are really gonna appreciate a piece of pie or just peace for once instead of a piece of your mind. And number four, realize, realize that you're only responsible for your part of the conversation. You may come with the right intentions, you may say the right kind of things, you may really be seeking reconciliation, but realize that they own part of the conversation. You're only responsible for your part. You gotta do your part and entrust the rest to the Lord. I wanna challenge you to do that. Patience and peace will solve many people's problems. And if you're still having a hard time living out patience and peace, I wanna encourage you to love difficult people. Why? Because you're one of them. You and I, we're difficult people too. We need to love them and love others. Here's what happens in the story of the Grinch. He steals all their presents all the presents from the Who's in Whoville. 
But even though he had all of this stuff, he still was not fulfilled. And then he has a moment, he has an epiphany that maybe there's something more to Christmas than just the gifts and being a grouch. I want you to discover what he discovered, so take a look. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzle of a saw. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Maybe, perhaps, Christmas means a little bit more. The second way to go Grinchless for Christmas is to believe again for more. Say more. Believe again for more. The enemy of our soul wants to convince us that we need to believe for less. In fact, the past 20 months has really taught us that we need to believe for less. We have less hope, less joy. Some of us have lost jobs, normalcy, financial security, even people that we love. The enemy wants to convince us that we need to believe for less. But I believe that the Lord wants us to believe for more. Believe for more today. Believe for more. The Grinch in your life may have stolen Christmas, New Year's, your anniversary, your birthday, even happy donut day. But don't let the enemy steal anymore. The Bible says, let him who has stolen steal no more. We have the ability to decide and firewall our life and say, no more will I believe for less. Instead, I'm gonna believe for more. That's what the Bible tells us, that we can believe for more. God gave us abundant life, life to the full. And church, we need to take a hold of that, that God came to earth as a baby. He grew up. He lived a hard, difficult life. He went to the cross. He died and he rose again to give us a hope and a future. And I don't know about you, that's worth rejoicing. We need to believe for more today. We need to believe for more. For you see in life, life is defined by what we have, but by, but by who we have. Life isn't defined by what we have, but by who we have. The Who's in Whoville, they lost everything. The Grinch stole everything, but they still had a song in their heart. They still had joy. Why? Because they had each other. I wanna suggest to you that we're better off than the Who's in Whoville. Why? Because we have each other and we have Jesus. And that's worth celebrating. That's worth celebrating. Don't let the enemy steal from you anymore. That's what Paul is saying here in verses 16 through 18. He says, rejoice always. Pray continually, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will for you is that you would have more. It may not be monetarily, but I know for sure that he wants you to have more joy and more hope and more peace and more reassurance. If God got you this far, he's gonna get you the rest of the way. And how about you? For me, that is worth celebrating. I say hallelujah to the king. Thank you, Lord, for coming to be my hope. 
We need to go before him and say, thank you. God wants to give us more joy. That's why Paul says, rejoice always. Sometimes in life, we have a tendency to think that happiness and joy are the same thing. They're not. Happiness is an emotional feeling, but joy is a spiritual decision. Happiness is how we feel when life is going great. But you know, we can have joy even when life is difficult because it's a spiritual decision. We get the ability to decide to have joy in our hearts. That's why Paul is saying here, rejoice always. And even pray continually. The great Billy Graham puts it this way, happiness depends on circumstances, but joy depends on God. Why? Because Jesus is joy. If you need joy today, all you need to do is get Jesus because if you get Jesus, you get joy, you get hope, you get peace, you get reassurance, you get strength, you get everything that you need. All you need to do is get Jesus today. If you get Jesus today, you'll get everything. We can rejoice in every circumstance, in the morning, in the evening, when life is going well, when it's not, when we're with our kids or we're with our, by ourselves or we're at a holiday party, we can rejoice at any point. I wanna challenge you to make the choice to rejoice. Don't let your circumstances determine whether you have joy. Let Jesus be your joy. We can rejoice in all things. If we don't make the choice to rejoice, someone else will make the choice for us. We have the power to choose how we're gonna behave and how we're gonna live. Growing up, my mom taught me an acronym for joy, a way to remember it. It's using the, four, the three letters of joy, J-O-Y. It's Jesus first, others next, yourself last. If you put Jesus first, you think about others and yourself last, I promise you, you'll have joy in your heart. Often what happens is we put ourselves first and then we feel like we don't have enough. But if we're willing to allow God to come into our heart, he'll give us the joy that we need. I wanna challenge you to choose joy Choose joy today. Decide in your heart that you're gonna be joyful. At some point in your life, you're gonna encounter people that grind your gears, I promise you. It's gonna be that coworker, that boss. Some of you are like, I'm looking forward to Christmas break because I get away from some of those folks. But guess what? They're probably gonna be there when you get back. You may not be able to change your coworkers, but you can change you. We get the power to choose who we are. There's gonna be somebody who's, you know, they're, they're, it's, you know, interacting with them is like stubbing your toe in the middle of the night or stepping on a Lego or hearing fingernails on a chalkboard, but we get the power to choose how we want to respond and I wanna encourage you to choose joy. Let God be your joy. I also wanna pause here because Paul says here, pray continually. Some of you, the only way you're gonna make it through the next couple of months is by praying continually. Stay connected to him. Have a conversation with him. Tell him what's going on in your life. Tell him what you're celebrating and what you're struggling with. Even the coworkers, even the other people in your life that are just like hugging a cactus. Allow him to work in your life. And for some of you who are transitioning from one season to another, I know some of you, you're trying to figure out what is the next decision you need to make. I wanna encourage you to pray continually. Pray till you get an answer. Pray till something changes. 
Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. For you see, the will of God is spiritual, and the way that we hear and discern the voice of God is first and foremost through his word, but also by engaging with him in prayer. And I just wanna challenge you, continue to pray until the breakthrough happens. Continue to pray until you get clarity on what your next step is. Pray, 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 pray. It'll make a difference. Don't say, I, oh, the only thing that I can do is pray. Say, the best thing that I can do is pray. Don't say it's the only thing that you can do. Say it's the best thing that you can do. Because when you talk to Jesus, you create a chance for him to talk to you. Let him bring joy and hope into your life. But joy is only part of the equation. So is gratitude. And to help us understand, I wanna invite you to take a look. What happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And then, the true meaning of Christmas came through, and the Grinch found the strength of ten Grinches, plus two. When you discover the true meaning of Christmas, your heart grows. If you wanna grow your heart today, grow your heart with gratitude. Gratitude will change your heart. It'll change your outlook. Sometimes life is bleak, but gratitude puts on rose-colored glasses and lets you see things through the eyes of Jesus. I found that gratitude is really easy when life is easy. It's easy to be grateful when life is going great. When you get that promotion or when you get that refund check or when you get that discount at your favorite retailer for the exact item that you, that you really, really want. But I found that grumbling shows up really quickly when life gets hard. You know, when that person rear ends you and they don't have insurance or that person cuts you off in traffic and makes you late for your meeting or when you go to that favorite restaurant to order your favorite dessert. Everybody gets their favorite dessert and then the server comes back and says, I'm sorry, we're out of your favorite dessert. Oftentimes we think that we need to be grateful for the stuff that we have, but I've discovered that we need to be grateful for the God that we have. We need to be grateful for the God that we have and the people that we have. Sometimes we're only grateful about the stuff, but you know, the only thing that goes to heaven is us and other people. We need to be grateful for the Lord. This is what Paul says in verse 18, and I'm giving it to you in the message version. He says this, thank God no matter what happens. I'm gonna pause here and just let that verse marinate in your heart. Thank God no matter what happens. I've read stories of many of you, you faced some really difficult circumstances but I know from personal conversation that the only way you made it was by thanking Jesus. And if you did, I wanna encourage you to share that with someone else. Someone else in your life that's experiencing difficulty, I wanna challenge you to just tell them how you got, got through by thanking Jesus. For you see, this is what he says, God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live in that way. God desires that we live a life of gratitude. Gratitude guards our heart. It helps us appreciate what we have in front of us. 
So today, choose gratitude. Growing up, my, my mom would tell me, be grateful for the traffic jam because at least you're not in an accident. Be grateful for the hamburger that comes to you and it has lettuce and tomato and I know you don't like lettuce and tomato, but be grateful because you have a meal in front of you. And thank Jesus for your family. I know they're tough, but at least you have them with you. At least you can celebrate with them. Choose gratitude today. Gratitude is a choice. And gratitude is the antidote for grumbling. You can't grumble and be grateful at the same time. They're mutually exclusive. If you're grateful, you'll find it hard to grumble. But if you're grumbling, you'll find it hard to be grateful. For you see, gratitude helps us focus on what we have and grumbling helps us focus on what we don't have. But I found that gratitude turns what we have into enough. Be grateful for what you have not for what you don't have. Be grateful for your health. Be grateful that you're breathing. Be grateful that you're not in the hospital. Be grateful that that you're able to gather together with other people. Be grateful that you have a meal at home. Be grateful for what you have, not for what you don't have. The enemy and the Grinch of our life wants us to focus on what we don't have. And God's saying, look at all the blessing that I provided to you. I just want you to be grateful. But if we really wanna change our life, it's being grateful for Jesus. In this season, we're celebrating the fact that he came to earth to give us hope. And yes, I want you to get joy and I want you to get gratitude in your life and I want you to pray continually, but most importantly, I want you to know who Jesus is. And so today as I close, I'm gonna invite you to stand. And those of you who are online, don't log off, stay right with us. This is the most important moment of our conversation today. I don't want this moment to pass. Front to back, side to side, those of you in the balcony, I want you to discover who Jesus is. In fact, to my friends in the balcony, that's where I started. My very first service here at Westover, I started up in the balcony, but God still reached me there and he still wants to do the same for you. I wanna encourage you, lean into who God is. He loves you. He came to earth to give you hope and a future. And I want this moment to pass without you getting the very best gift for Christmas, who is Jesus. And again, if you get Jesus, you get everything. If you're here today and you've never made a decision for Jesus or you find that you've been wandering away from him, maybe you've been skeptical about connecting with him, I wanna give you that opportunity today. Fortunately, to reconnect with Jesus, it's as clear as ABC. It's as clear as ABC. It's A, admitting that you need Jesus in your life. It's B, believing that he came as a child, he grew up, he died on a cross for our sins, he rose again. And C, confessing with our mouth from our heart that we want him and need him in our life. It's not about the words you say, it's about the condition of your heart. If you wanna grow your heart three sizes like the Grinch, connect to Jesus, connect to him today. So I'm gonna invite all of us to bow our heads and close our eyes. I wanna give you a private audience with Jesus, you're not joining this church, you're connecting with him. If you're here today and you know that you need Jesus in your life, on the count of three, I'm gonna invite you to raise your hand. And basically what you're saying is, Jesus, I just need you, I want you in my life. So on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, 
three. Yes, sir, in the back. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, up in the balcony. I see you. Yes, I see you. Yes, yes. But most importantly, Jesus sees you. And so we're gonna do what we've done thousands of times at this church. We're gonna give you a chance to have a conversation with him. And so I'm gonna invite all of us to say this prayer. Say it with me. And for those of you who know Jesus, as you're praying as well, I want you to pray for the people to the left and right and behind you and in front of you who are making a decision that God would work powerfully in their life. Let's say this together. Say, Jesus, I need you today. I need you in my life. Please forgive my sin. Give me a hope. Give me future. Give me peace and joy. Help me be grateful. Change my life. Make me new. You're the best gift. And I say thank you to you. Be in my life forever. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. If you just said that prayer, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. I wanna invite you to text New Life to the number on the screen. We wanna join with you in this journey with Jesus. And also, if you need prayer today, whether you just said yes to Jesus or you have another prayer need, our prayer team's gonna be available here at the front to pray with you. If you're brand new to Westover, my wife and I,